All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels, a Friday edition of the show. Where did that week go? Been out the last couple of days. Yesterday, I had good reason to be out. My middle kid, and look, some of you have already DM'd me about this, but my middle son, Caleb, yesterday, we had to have um, had surgery, uh, elbow surgery, had had some issues with, uh, with a bone, and there's not ligaments or tendons or anything like that. It's just a freak kind of thing. But anyway, had uh, had surgery for Caleb yesterday to get him all fixed up at Capital Ortho here in central Mississippi. Look, how about this for, I don't want to say good fortune. That's not, it's not good fortune. This is a blessing, honestly. Like, this is a blessing. It's nice to have a, a really close friend that you played ball with and went to high school that just happens to be a specialist in, in elbows and throwing injuries and those kind of things. That's, that's a nice luxury to have. But uh, Dr. Andy Bryan, if, if those of you are familiar with him, have had work done. Andy took care of him for me. Um, Andy's an awesome guy. And uh, got him hooked up. So he'll be out for a little bit, but Caleb will be back and, and better than ever in the fall. But I was tied up with that. And then, look, our dog. I had to have my dog spayed, I guess, is the word that you'd throw out there with that. So we had a full day here at the Brooks house. I had a full day. But appreciate some of you DMing me. I guess you had seen it on Facebook, some pictures I'd posted there. But uh, I hope you've had a good week. On a Friday, a couple of things I want to get to here real quick. I don't want to dive deep into this NIL thing, but I do have a couple of comments on just what you've seen the last couple of days, what I think it means with Greg Sankey going to Congress and talking to them about some NIL reform. We'll see where that goes. I have a couple of comments on that. The baseball we have to get into in, in just a minute. I missed the May the 4th thing yesterday. That would have been riveting. Just a riveting podcast ranking the Star Wars movies. I know some of you, you're very upset that we didn't get to that. And I understand, man, I do. I understand that would have been unbelievable audio for you. Would have been. It's old school, by the way. It would have been the original New Hope. That's the best one. And then the last three that came out are surprisingly good. The first three, one, two, three, technically, you know, by the number. The one but came out in the middle. Oh, those are awful. Uh, those are not good. But you still have to watch them. But anyway, you missed all that yesterday. Let me knock out first this story that I was able to write before, you know, I, uh, I got busy with Caleb. And that's the Braden Waterman story. I had a chance to, um, to exchange some messages with him a couple of days ago. He's a walk-on quarterback from California, played at Bakersfield Christian High School. That kid couldn't have been any nicer. You know, you kind of bump across people doing this. And some of these young people, they're very easy to pull for. Like, he's that dude. And if you read the story, this is a guy that's already at the age of, I guess now he's 19. He's already overcome stage three um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. You look back at your life and, you know, what you've done, what you've accomplished. Like, this kid's already done some things. But he overcomes that. He comes back last year, gets an extra year of eligibility, which it was nice to see. A high school association 
take into account circumstances. He gets to come back, has a great year. Um, he was hearing from some huge colleges beforehand. And this isn't a scholarship situation. Ole Miss is bringing him on as a preferred walk-on. But this is a talented kid. He had opportunities to go, I think, to do the same thing at Oregon. Um, maybe Washington, if I'm, I'm doing this top of my head. And there were a couple others that, that he chose Ole Miss over in the end. But you never know with a kid like that. Um, Colorado also in there, San Diego State. I mean, he's only now a year – year and a half removed from the cancer um, issue, you don't know what he's going to look like physically. So you're able to bring that kid in, but even if he doesn't do a thing on the football field, man, I honestly, I love stories like that. Those things interest me way more than just the pure recruiting and how it benefits Ole Miss and those kind of things. That was an awesome kid. And I'm pulling for him, pulling for him. But Braden Waterman, I keep an eye out for that guy. He should be showing up to Oxford next week, actually. So we'll be there next week, ready to get started. He graduated from high school last December. Um, great story there. I was happy I was able to catch up with him. Not a ton going on in recruiting. Some of the same names we've thrown out there. The big ones for me, and I'm not, I make no bones about this. The, the kids in Mississippi are the ones I do get more interested in especially when you're throwing out hundreds of offers to everybody out of state. It's almost hard to keep up with it all. But my area of expertise, and honestly, not just the expertise, but also interest, you're, you're watching what happens with Dante Dowdell. I think that'll be an Ole Miss pick, but we'll see. You're waiting on Aiden Williams. If that was today, I think it would be Ole Miss. I don't think either of those things with an overwhelming degree of certainty. So let me be clear there. But that's where I would lean today. Would not be shocked if it's another school, but that's what I would pick if it was today. And whoever gets either of those kids will be very lucky. I think Aiden, I've mentioned this from the beginning. I thought Aiden is underrated, ranked around number 200 in the country overall. He's He'll be higher than that when he signs. I'd go on a limb. I'd take that bet with somebody. Where he is right now, he'll be ranked higher when he signs. Dante Dowdell, the same thing. Wherever he goes, his recruiting ranking and for whatever those things are worth, it'll be higher than it is right now. Just a little something about Dante. I'm not sure if his dad is maybe in law enforcement or something along those lines. And like the kid has some structure to him from from calling some people around him and down in that Picayune area, look, the kid physically is already there. You know, he is, he spent some time on that part of him and he looks the part now, but I'm just telling you from talking to some sources down there, people that are more familiar with him than I am. And I've enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. He's got a great personality. That kid isn't done. Like he will be better down the road than he is now. And uh, hopefully that's an old Miss decision, but we'll see what goes on there. But those are the big ones you're kind of sitting and waiting now for now. Jamarius Brown, I had a question about him this morning on the board. I know he's one of six kids right now in Mississippi that they covet. There are six guys that, look, those are takes, scholarship offers. Let's do what we have to do to get them. No matter what guys, like there's six of them. He's one of them. So he's considered one of the best players in the state. Yeah, they'd love to get him. 
Um, I'm not sure where he is headed. I think they are in the game for him. You know, they're, they have a shot, uh, but I can't, I wouldn't be as positive about him. And honestly, I always like to be completely honest. Some of that on my part's ignorance. Just don't know as much, not dialed in as much on him as some of these other ones. But I do know that they, they love that kid and we'll see where he ends up. Now, we have football wrapped up for the spring. Recruiting is what it is, and we're following it. All this NIL news, you know, I'm watching some of this congressional stuff that's going on with that, and the truth is I don't know how they regulate that stuff. It comes down to this. This is what makes – it doesn't make me mad. It is kind of frustrating. Look, I've been doing this for 12 years. Schools have been paying these players for a long time. And this is the part that is kind of incredulous. I see coaches complaining about NIL. And look, and, and for a fan that you don't like that stuff, I 100% I understand. I'm on the side of players and, and them getting paid. Look, a lot of that money could go to electric bills, go to families. It's not just going out and blowing the money. I've seen some of that thrown on boards different places and Look, some of that money's needed for, for some of these kids. But I get where you're coming from. You like the amateur part of this, and, and I 100% understand it. But what I would say about that is you see coaches that are railing on it. They've been pay, paying players for years. I mean, it's crazy. Been paying players for years. So I see some of that stuff, and I do laugh at it. You know, before Georgia became Georgia, when Kirby went there, and then all of a sudden they started signing everybody. Look, the talk as soon as that, as soon as they, as soon as he was hired there, hey, we're going to take Alabama recruiting to Georgia, and they did, <laughs> and they're and they're killing it. You want to know, you know, who's paying the most money to players? You just look at the recruiting rankings. It reads like a a, a major league, you know, salary cap or whatever. You want to, if you looked at who pays the most to the least in in the major leagues, you could. You have in front of you, look at the recruiting rankings every year for the last five to 10 years. Start at the top and work your way down. And if there really was a number out beside the school who spent most, it'd be the most at the top and it'd work its way down. That's just that's just how this has worked. So it's been going on for years. The only difference is now that this stuff is public. And that's bothering people. So you understand my perspective. I'd much rather these players being paid in a manner in which they can sign a contract. Because, you know, I've heard awful stories in this sometimes too. Uh, you don't want to do anything that's shady. And that's been the place that they have been in. And I'd much rather them not be there. It's easy to be taken advantage of and lots of those things. The only thing that's changed, the money has gone way up because more people are now involved because it's above board. And the other part of that is now you know about it. That's really the only thing different. And coaches know that. I mean, they these players have been getting paid for forever. Lots of money. I would guess even before NIL, your top programs in the country, which here in the Southeast, because these are the teams that are the best, any given year, if you looked at what it took to put that team together, I mean, it was several million dollars to put those teams together. Now that number is drastically increasing. Like A&M, and you see what's going on with Jimbo Fisher. I mean, fans aren't stupid. You, you shouldn't pay any attention to what a coach says behind a microphone because I'm just telling you they routinely lie through their teeth about all this, try to take the high road. And I don't even know why anymore because it's not necessary. But I don't know what they're going to do. 
in terms of regulating all this. I really don't know what you can do. So it comes down to this. This is what I was getting at. You have to answer one question, really. Not all the, the loopholes and the legal rules by state, the legislation, not all that. Is it okay for a booster or a, a person not affiliated with the school but is interested in the school? Is it okay for that person to pay a player money to go play for the school they want them to go play at? Is that okay? I don't know what that answer is going to be. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't know why people have a problem. Like, who is that hurting? If somebody wanted to give a player $100,000 to go play at their favorite school, no strings attached, just go do your best. I've, I've really, maybe at the beginning when I got into media, you know, you talk about these things like legal or illegal or ethical, unethical, or it's bad. And the more I'm in it and you get to know some of these people, players and families and that kind of stuff, I've swung the other way. At in the end of the day, I don't know what that's really harming. I really don't know what that's harming. But the other part of that is this. Now that we've kind of gone down this road with these players and them you know, receiving NIL money, and yeah, the money's getting huge. I think too much attention is being paid to the NIL stuff. The transfer deal is really what's a mess right now even without nil if you just opened up transfers to where kids can go anywhere they want one time you don't think there would have been huge sums of money thrown around and constant recruitment of each other's rosters even without nil of course it would have like all of that would still be happening just under the table and people would you know get up behind a microphone and tell you they love the campus or Need a change of scenery. I mean, at least this is a little more honest. But even without NIL, that stuff still would have been happening. That, to me, is the real problem. And the NCAA can fix that. I think they still have, or NCAA or the schools, should they want to, they can still handle eligibility. And that transfer rule, they can still govern that. I just don't know what they're going to do with the NIL part of this. Don't know. But I know attempts are being made there. We'll see what happens. Now, the other thing that I wanted to get into is the baseball deal. This is a huge weekend. If they have any shot whatsoever, you have to take two or three from Missouri. That's a bad team. Just get into the postseason somehow. You don't have to be a great team. You just have to get hot. And uh, – for Ole Miss, if they got into the postseason and they did well, people would forget in large part what happened during the regular season. It's kind of like, um, hey, you know you know that movie Major League? Like, that team's terrible. And Lou Brown, the manager, comes in there and tells them that the owner doesn't think highly of the team. And they have that little cardboard cut out of her and you're peeling off sections of it until there's not much left of her standing there. And everybody kind of rallies behind that thing. And then all of a sudden the Indians become awful. And now they're the, the, the best team since sliced bread. Like you need something like that. I don't know what you could put in the locker room that you could peel layers off of. There's got to be something. So maybe maybe what we really should be asking is, like what's the unifying factor here somehow that's going to get that team to play better? I'm going to leave that to Jared Redding. Maybe Jared can come up with that. Need something to bring it all together like they say in the movie, but this weekend is huge. 
If you win two or three there, just get into the tournament. And then even though not likely based off how the team has played to date, you just, you never know what's going to happen. But that's pretty much it here on a Friday edition of the show. I hope you had a great week. Enjoy your weekend. Hey, the NBA playoffs is going on. You can watch that. You have the Ole Miss baseball team going at it. I will actually. I'm a Celtics fan. I'll watch a little NBA playoffs. But you can do that. Maybe some golf if that's your thing. Hopefully when we come back next week, we're talking about a couple of baseball wins. Anyway, enjoy your weekend. Always appreciate you guys. Thanks again for the messages. And uh, take care. Have a great weekend. God bless.